This is Well Disguised, and I am your host, John Pritchard. Well Disguised is a podcast for those who still rock and roll. It's rock snobbery about lowbrow music. If you will indulge me just a little about the podcast before I get started, for what it's worth, I have thought about going on Fiverr or something similar to that and getting a voiceover person to talk about that intro and to do an ending message. You know, that's what the pros and the semi-pro podcasters do, right? Plus, it would save me the embarrassment and the breath of saying some of these same things over and over every other week. I don't know. On a related note, uh, I would like to say that I got a five-star review on Apple Podcast. It's from user RNZ7 and reads, Really cool, awesome podcast, really glad I found it. Thanks, RNZ7. Uh, if you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast or some other service, if they let you do that, I'll be happy to read it on here as well, promote you, promote whatever you have. Uh, if you have anything to promote, be happy to do that. Also, this is episode 14 of Well Disguised, but what it really is is the 13th straight time I've released an episode on an every other Tuesday basis. I say the 13th because I launched with two podcasts on the same day. I think the listings may show they were three days apart because I caught an error in the description of episode two. It was about Coverdale Page. And I think that's caused it to show a different date. But I have been doing episodes every other week, out every other Tuesday. And this is the 13th in a row where we've met that mark, which means that's 26 weeks of Well Disguised. And if math works, I guess that means this is now half a year old. In all honesty, I wasn't sure I'd make it this far. It's been a hard episode to get out. We have had Thanksgiving here in the United States, and there's bigger holidays to come that are starting to take up some time. Plus, my work is now actually really firing off. To be honest, I'm a little worried about the next episode, but still, I'm proud to have made it this far. I'm glad you're with me, and I'm hoping for better things to come. So, what of this episode 14? I want to look at two new releases, one a song and one an album, that have come out in the past couple weeks. I'm going to be talking about Wolfgang Van Halen's single, Distance, and ACDC's Power Up. This is Well Disguised. The song Distance can't be found under the name Wolfgang Van Halen. It's actually under the name of Wolfie's new project entitled Mammoth WVH. I expect that will get shortened to Mammoth by most fans shortly. Of course, the name Mammoth has a Van Halen history. Mammoth actually was Van Halen before they became Van Halen. In a move right out of Spinal Tap, before being Mammoth, the Van Halen brothers, Eddie and Alex, called their band Genesis. One problem, as you have probably heard, and if you know anything about progressive or pop music from the 1970s and 80, there's already a band called Genesis. Perhaps you've heard of them. Perhaps you've heard of Peter Gabriel, Phil Collins, 
Mike Rutherford, Tony Banks, etc. So just like how Spinal Tap was once known as the Originals, but then they found out there was another band called the Originals, so they changed their name to the New Originals. The Van Halen brothers had to move off of Genesis. They switched to Mammoth and then later on became Van Halen. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already are a rock fan and through that know that Wolfgang Van Halen is Eddie Van Halen's son, and I suppose Alex Van Halen's nephew, and of course that Eddie recently passed away. The great Eddie Van Halen died after a long fight with cancer. Before Eddie died, however, his son Wolfgang was trying to come up with a name for his own project, and he asked Eddie for his permission to use the name Mammoth, and thus we have Mammoth WVH. All right, getting to the song itself. Wolfie has said that he wrote it, Distance, while his pop was still alive. He said it was an imagining of what life would be like without Dad in his life, and, quote, how terribly I would miss him. He also said that he hoped his dad would be around to celebrate its release with him. Alas. So, what of the song? Well, in a word, it's tremendous. It's emotional and touching without being overly saccharine. It hits the target it's going for without sounding like it's over the top. A feat I suspect was harder to hit than one might expect. And if this song plucks at your heartstrings, the video, man, it goes straight for your tear ducts. Featuring clips of Wolfie, Eddie, and family, including Wolfie's mom and Eddie's ex-wife, Valerie Bertinelli, also has the Van Halen band and others, the video really can be brutal. It ends with what sounds like Eddie Van Halen leaving Wolfie a voicemail, asking for his son to call him and letting him know how much he loves him. It's moving, and it's tough to watch. And in its heart... The video compares favorably with the gut-wrenching cover of Hurt by Johnny Cash or Glenn Campbell's I'm Not Going to Miss You, made before dementia overtook him. As a song about loss, I think right now I probably still prefer Black Gives Way to Blue by Alice in Chains. Black Gives Way to Blue, of course, is the title track and the final song on their 2009 comeback album. It's only the fourth album of the band's history, because it was released 17 years after the death of Lane Staley. The song, Black Gives Way to Blue, is about Staley and features Elton John on piano. It's only three minutes and three seconds long. That's important, actually, because the song ends somewhat prematurely. Right when the song seems to be picking up and you're expecting another verse or two in the chorus to repeat, but it ends right in the middle of a chorus. It doesn't even complete the chorus. And in that way, it mirrors the life and untimely too soon death of its subject. You want more from the song, just like you wanted more from Lane Staley. But Distance is right there, and I suspect that it will be played at the funerals of a lot of rock fans in the years to come. Frankly, I find it hard to imagine Wolfie being able to do it live once concerts resume, having to revisit this topic over and over. Best of luck to him. That said, you name your band Mammoth, you have to expect not everyone will ignore the elephant in the room. Wolfie wrote Distance. He sang it, and he plays all the instruments on the song. It's landed at number one on Billboard's Hot Hard Rock Songs. It's number 20 on Mainstream Rock's Airplay Charts. And it's got other similar achievements and rankings all over the world. And fair play to Wolfgang. It's all well-deserved. 
His new and full album will be out in 2021, though. And this is obviously a trick that can't be turned again. His father's only been dead a few weeks, and his loss is still rocking the music community. It's hard to separate the subject matter from the music. It's certainly a terrible time for Wolfgang. Probably the worst of his life. Maybe as bad as it'll ever be. But, and I don't mean to be crass here or to sound like I'm being insensitive in any way, because I'm not. It's just realistic. This is also probably the best time he'll ever have to release a debut single. And again, I like the song a lot. The only thing that I don't really like about it is that it's hard to listen to, precisely because it's so touching. But sonically, I don't know if it's special. It's not Eruption, of course, but what is? Still, it sounds like modern rock. The kind of thing, I I don't know, um, Theory of a Dead Man could have done 15 years ago. Modern rock is not necessarily synonymous with sounding contemporary, which is probably ironic in a way. Again, again, the song is wonderful, and in fairness to Wolf, he has released little snippets of songs at times, or two over the year, and they sound great. He's put them out on social media and that sort of thing. I'm really optimistic about him. People give him a lot of grief, really. It's about his, shall I say, soft waistline, about his privilege and replacing Michael Anthony and Van Halen. I never thought that was fair. It's not like he pushed Anthony out. And really, the dude can sing better than Michael Anthony can anyway. Again, listen to this song for the proof of it. But if you follow Wolfgang on Twitter, you see that he plays into some of this stuff. He punches down at trolls all the time. People will sometimes tell him on there, hey, you don't need to do that. You, need, you can be above that. You don't have to do it. And Wolfgang will reply something of the effect that you don't have no idea how well I can multitask. Maybe he can. Maybe the trolls and the haters don't get to him. And maybe it's fun for him to go back at him in a public place. But honestly, Twitter Wolfie is not exactly likable. And I'm inclined to like the guy. But one can forgive his past snitty behavior on Twitter. He has an immense reservoir of goodwill, lots of talent, and an impressive, heart-wrenching first single. Mammoth WVH's album will be eagerly anticipated in 2021. And now, the main event. Yes, 2020 has been a nightmare. If you've lost someone to COVID-19, if you've lost someone to anything, cancer, car wreck, whatever, nothing's going to be able to make up for that. If you've lost your job, if you're struggling to put food on your table and you're listening to Well Disguised as some temporary respite, I get that. But if your 2020 doldrums are more of the quarantining, mask-wearing variety, well, ACDC's power-up has got to go a long way to evening the scales. Now, we've been here before. On my fourth episode, I talked about what were then, and still are, I guess, the most recent releases by Aerosmith and Van Halen. I suspect the odds are 50-50 that Aerosmith puts out one more record. As I've just discussed, however, for Van Halen, well, I think that's the end of the line for them. There won't be another Van Halen record. Now, several years ago, three-fourths of the original members of Black Sabbath, that being Tony Iommi, Geezer Butler, and Ozzy Osbourne, got together and put out what will be their final album, 
entitled 13. Now, it won't be their last record probably, but a few years ago we got Hardwired to Self-Destruct from Metallica. It's been 15 years, 15 years, since the last Rolling Stones record of all original material, that being A Bigger Bang. I wanted to like all those records. I think I did like them, at least for a bit. I know I liked 13 when I first heard it. I talked with friends about the good moments on Hardwired, excuse me, Hardwired to Self-Destruct by Metallica. Now, there's some moments I didn't like very much too, but there were songs that I liked. A Bigger Bang, that's a long record. I think it's got 16 songs on it. So there's some that aren't great, but there's also some that stand out. But I haven't listened to any of those in a long time. It's not just those bands either. Like, I'm not a huge Kiss fan. I like some of the original albums, and I think Kiss Alive is absolutely essential. But man, I hated Sonic Boom so bad, I wouldn't even listen to Monster, the last album they had. Hopefully it is the last album. It's maybe not unfair, but it is a lot to ask these old bands to release great records later on in their career. People said the Stones haven't had a good record in 40 years. I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's right either, but I get it. And honestly, honestly, you could say the same of ACDC up until recently. Rock or bust, black eye, stiff upper lip, they all had their moments. But they were just latter-day ACDC albums. And then we got Power Up, and it's a monster. I hoped it would be good. I knew I would like a song or two. I always like at least a song or two on every ACDC record. But I wasn't ready for this. I think it's the best ACDC album since Back in Black. Now, truthfully, I like For Those About to Rock a lot, and maybe that album nips this one. But it doesn't sound as dramatic, and really, it's close. Power Up is a revelation. All those old bands can aspire to it. And while it's probably going to be the last ACDC record, I can't believe I have this much optimism about the future of the band. ACDC seems to have a future, including what I hope is a killer tour once this plague is over. All that said, it's an ACDC album. If you've listened to two, you know what that means. It's kind of like a Motorhead record. The ways that they're different just seems to prove that they're all basically the same. One of my favorite rock quotes is where Angus Young, and for those you who don't know, Angus Young plays guitar and wears the schoolboy outfit in ACDC. Anyway, he's quoted as saying, I'm sick to death of people saying we've made 11 albums that sound exactly the same. In fact, we've made 12 albums that sound exactly the same. So yes, it's an ACDC record. Better put though, it's a good ACDC record, meaning most of the songs are bangers. So if you listen to rock and roll, if you're the type of person who would listen to this podcast, you get it. You know what an ACDC record sounds like, but you also know what the really good ACDC records sound like, especially the Brian Johnson era. This is one of those, and that should be reason for excitement. You know, what do people always say about drummer Phil Rudd? He plays seemingly simple rhythm parts, and he keeps time better than just about any drummer alive. Just listen to him. Just listen to the drums on the very first track. The song is called Realize, and just try to imagine how much he's adding to that song, or I'm trying to imagine, I suppose, what it would be like if it wasn't him on the drums, what he's contributing there. He's great on this album. 
Cliff Williams on bass is a marvel. You can really feel the bottom in these songs. He rattles your ribcage on songs like Witch's Spell, and Brian Johnson sounds as crisp as he has in years. But it's really the guitars that I think make the record. I don't want to be irreverent here. Malcolm was as good as it gets. But at the risk of being needlessly controversial, Cousin Stevie Young and Angus sound invigorated. It's ACDC, but maybe a little more adventurous? I know Stevie played on Rock or Bust, but perhaps he came in late there, or perhaps the death of Malcolm Young has inspired Angus and the rest of the lads to give it their all. Angus has said that this album is a dedication to Malcolm, just as Back in Black was a dedication to Bon Scott. Again, I'm not trying to be borderline sacrilegious here. I love Malcolm Young too, but there's something about the guitars in this record that are just a little different. It sounds fresh. It sounds alive. It sounds like they're going for it. Look, average ACDC records always have a few high spots, but also lots of songs where it sounds like the guys are going through the motions. Power Up rarely sounds like that. They really are going for it here. And when I get to see them live, hopefully in 2021, I'm not going to mind if they play four or even five songs from Power Up. I'm not going to use those as opportunities to go to the bathroom. Good for ACDC. And good for us. Rock needed this. It's been a hard year. Frankly, as the loss of Eddie Van Halen reminds us, we're probably not going to get that many moments with bands that big anymore that are going to be able to release new music and bring us all together. Unfortunately, there's just not really any bands around like ACDC anymore. But to be honest, there's never really been too many bands like ACDC. They're special. So have a big ball with this one. That's all for this episode of Well Disguised. Thank you so much for listening. Again, please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, all that sort of thing. I hope to be back in two weeks. Man, work's crazy. It's Christmas time. I'm going to do my best. I want to keep it going. I've got a few balls in the air. I've got a few ideas. Hopefully I'll be there. But if not, I will be back shortly. Don't forget to hit me up on Twitter. Um, Also, go to the website, welldisguised.com. I've started putting just a couple reviews up there. Some stuff that maybe I wouldn't want to talk about for a full album. Maybe stuff you haven't heard before. The first two were about the Georgia Thunderbolts new self-titled EP. The latest is a actually a review of a band called These Wicked Rivers from Derby in England. Um, their new record, it's actually their first full album. It's called Eden. I wrote about it. Both of those records are absolutely outstanding and great, and I encourage you to check them out. Support new music. Support rock. Support artists. I don't know. I'm just a guy with a podcast. Anyway, hope to see you again in two weeks. Take care of yourself out there.